This podcast is supported by Patreon. You can support it at patreon.com slash toadsanime to listen to the next episode before it releases. Alternatively, spend it on something more important like a nice jar of fresh jam. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toad on Games. That's right, it's a new week. I'm a new toad. We've got some news. We don't. With me today is Jupiter Hadley. Say hello. Hello, I was a bit concerned that I should have brought news and I don't have any. I don't, mate, I don't have any news. I don't have, there's fuck all news in this episode. If you came here for news, get out. Leave. Don't listen to the intro, ignore that bit. Don't listen, rewind a bit, five, ten seconds, just after I said that bit. We'll carry on from there. That's what's going to happen. There's no news here today. If you like news, go, just Google news. Just Google word news. Um... <laughs> chatting shit already i did not think it would happen this fast um you're so full of energy it's an, it's intense um hi my name is jupiter that's who i am i don't know how to do intros anymore that's what this is it's been so long no, since I... I spoke to other human beings um i'm the games the journalist problem. i re- i record lots of games i write about lots of games i'm the licensing manager at armor games that has games in the title we look for free-to-play browser-based games that we then put on our web portal full of games. I'm also the community DJ at Toya Play Studio, who are looking to make a safe space for young girls in games. That also has games in the title. That's about it. A lot of games. Yeah, a lot of games. I do stuff in games. Um, did you say community DJ at your actual title? Uh, I'm not a DJ at a high school. No, it's a community community manager roles aren't real anymore, so I'm a community DJ, you know? Technically, I'm not a licensing manager at Armor Games. I'm a games wizard, but no one knows what that is. <laughs> my, uh, my title at Super Rare Games is uh, Head of Sane Stuff. Titles aren't real. <laughs> They're not real. They're fake. I think the games industry just likes to... Um, I mean, I picked my title. <laughs> um, oh, the sure. games industry just likes to have these sort of titles because they're just a lot more approachable than, I mean, my, my official title would be like marketing and communications manager, which, you know, if I'm talking to influencers and journalists and content creators, it just sounds a bit too formal and I'm not going for that. Like, cause it's games and I think I should be able to be fun with people. So I don't, you know, I try and be as I'm hip. I'm cool. <laughs> Catch me on the skateboard dudes. I've got cool titles. Yeah, it is more approachable. I don't know. Titles are titles. They're pretty funny in the games industry. It's the only industry where none of them make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, so the, the, how I would usually describe it to people is if I think of indie games, if I think of uh, sort of indie game jams, I think of you. Um, please do take that as a compliment. I am. Um, I am jam. Um, you are jam. Um, I should probably mention, um, before we continue, that if if this sounds a lot more chill than previous episodes, it's because Jupiter and I are are quite close friends. Um, Best friends. Which is why it's so strange. Best friends, I do apologise. Which is why it's so strange doing a podcast with you, because I just wanted to chat shit, but also um, not chat shit at the same time. Because I don't know how good that would be, be to listen to. I just start spewing absolute nonsense for a few minutes. <laughs> I mean, I'd listen to it, but I'm also you're my best friend, Rye Bread. So I don't, I don't know. A little background: we used to go out to movie nights before the pandemic, and now we haven't seen each other in so long. Yeah, uh, this is literally the f- <laughs> we we spoke for about five minutes before pressing record, but this is the first time we've spoken for about three months. Um, yeah, and we used to see each other every week, 
seeing films. Um, but yes, yeah, sort of just, just describing uh, who, who Jupiter is. Obviously, you can catch her on Twitter at Jupiter underscore Hadley. Um, yeah, as I said, like you're always the person that I think of when I think of indie jams, and it was mm. it was it was really cool when we first started hanging out properly because I sort of realised that um, I have a I have quite a strong background. I'm not in the scene uh, to anywhere near the degree that you are, um, but I have quite a strong background in indie freeware games and indie jams and stuff because uh, just before the indie boom, which I sort of recognise as being Super Meat Boy and Braid and World of Goo and that sort mm-hmm. of. Those sort of games are like 2008-ish, 2010-ish. Um, some years before that, I got really involved in the indie freeware scene on sites like TigSource, um, Game Jolt when that first started. Um, obviously, it's all itch.io now, but um, sort of those those nice little noughties indie scenes. And obviously, it turns out that you were also in that. So yeah. <laughs> for all we know, we may have spoken on the TigSource forums back in the day. Um, I mean, you which definitely really saw cool. my posts. I posted all the time on TikToks. I was just like, hello, let me play your game. Hi, I can't make games, but let me play your game. I'll put it on my YouTube channel. I have 40 subscribers, please. <laughs> please, <laughs> I'm begging you. I need content. Hello, I'm 15, and I need help. And <laughs> where are adults? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really cool because, you know, there aren't that many people in the industry that I speak to, or, or certainly even personally in, in, on the on the friend front who i know that i can relate to on that front i remember i used to have all my friends over i called them the weekend group i used to have all my friends over every saturday when i was a teenager and the pretense was we'd hang out we'd play smash bros and we but what would regularly end up happening is i would just have my pc and i would sit at my pc and open up my indie folder um which is called to test because it's lots of indie games that i find that look really promising i just download them i think i've got about sixteen thousand like free indie games in that folder. So many uh, games. It's a Hydra. I'll never be able to get through it. Um, <laughs> but I would just sit there and be like, right, name me a letter. And they go, A. And I'd be like, name a number, 25. And I'd be like, right, let's try that out. And we would just go through um, my games on, <laughs> in my folder. But other than that, I, I've never really had anyone in my personal life that's, that that I have that shared background with, with that mm. sort of indie freeware scene, um, which I've always been massively interested in. It's such an amazing and interesting world um, that I'm not properly able to share with people because I think I've said it in multiple podcasts now, but it bears worth saying again. Um, the indie scene, like that freeware indie jam kind of scene, some of the single most creative games yeah. I've ever seen come out of that um, because these people don't need to worry about profits. They don't need to worry about making, you know, to be honest, a lot of them, don't give a shit whether lots of people are going to see the game. No, they don't. Sounds horrible, but that's so freeing. Like it's it's a, it's something that the rest of the games industry doesn't have because they mm. have to worry about marketability. They have to worry about people need to play this. And these indie developers, a lot of indie developers, especially if they're working on jam games and free games, it's literally, I want to. I've got an idea. I want to do that. Mm. Um, and that's it. Um. And, you know, a lot of jams are, are themed, so often it's really interesting seeing how they manage to tie things into themes. And Some have diversifiers, yeah. some have restrictions on, like, exactly what you can use to make stuff. So, yeah, game jams, I started out before game jams were popularized. There was, like, four, I'm going to say four, and no one can argue with me, actually, because we're on a podcast. <laughs> Um, I'd say there are four major jams. There's Ludum Dare, which happens all the time, uh, it feels like. Then it's the biggest online jam. There was a charity game jam every year around Christmas. 
there was the tag jam, and then there was the ZX Spectrum slash basic jam where everything was made in the coding language basic. And that's it. Because there weren't websites where you could easily host jams. And I really liked the... Well, first of all, I thought it was impossible that people were making games in such a short amount of time because I tried to make a game and I'm not good at it. So when it went to seeing that people could make games in such a short amount of time, I was so like surprised and didn't really understand what they could be and wanted to play through all of them to find my favorites. And so when the Ludum Dare came around, that had around the time, you know, a thousand entries, like nothing like the like 3,000 to 5,000 they have now. Uh, but I said I was going to play them all, and I didn't. I played about 600 of them, but I had a really great time <laughs> playing them. And I continued doing that. And then, like, Itch uh, made their own background, their own system where you can host jams very easily. Game Jolt followed suit. Tag Jam stopped happening. Because the whole reason that there was a Tag Jam was the winner of the Game Jam had to then buy a website and host the next Game Jam. (laughs) Oh, right. (laughs) Yeah. I actually won the Tag Jam. At one point, I made graphics for a game. So me and uh, the person who did the coding, Wayne, we um, ended up winning and hosting a website and running the next one. <laughs> uh, you know, it was wild back then. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so I run IndieGameJams.com, which is an online calendar of all of the game jams happening, and I still do record lots of games from game jams. I can give you statistics. Let me tell you how many games I've done this year. I'm so disappointed with it, though, to be honest. But I've done uh, 1,539 Game Jam games covered on YouTube this year. Jesus. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, I don't manage to get through anywhere near those kind of levels. Um, yeah, getting through, like, Game Jams, as you said, like, I've always pronounced it Ludum Dare. I know that's not how it's Okay, no, no, I used to pronounce it Ludum Dare, and then, like, old school Ludum Dare people were like, oh, this 12-year-old boy is calling it Ludum Dare, it's Dare, it's Latin, it means game, play, or something. And I was like, okay, 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 Fine. okay. Ludum Dare, then. Um, I, I um, much like you, like, back in the day, I used to, have, I used to follow those and download everything and play through lots of them and, and put them in my keep folder or you know, or, or not. Um, I still have a lot of those sitting around. But yeah, it, getting through all of those is... I don't think I've ever done that. Um, I'm not sure how you... How, you've done over a thousand just this year. You played through and 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 videoed them over a thousand this year. Yeah. You, you are mad. I mean, I'm so disappointed with the number, but I guess that's like a headspace thing. I just feel like it's, it's not a whole lot because there's so many jams. There's so many jams. There's so yeah. many hit jams. There were ones this year that weren't even games. Like, okay, they were games. What is a game? Who knows? However, they weren't made in the game engine. They were made in PowerPoint. Someone started doing a bunch of game jams where everything's made in PowerPoint. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It was amazing, but also, how do I run any of these? <laughs> yeah. I guess that, I mean, that really just shows that, because most people listening, I assume, won't really have any idea what we're talking about. Um, but that really just shows the the scope of the scene that we're talking about the fact that you've played Mm -hmm. over a thousand in the first six months of the year and you've gone oh i'm disappointed i've played i've I've missed so many jams i have a list of like the big jams and we've got like a game jam that happened in let me see what month this was oh february okay that's 711 entries and i haven't touched that one yet when the quarantine happened, there's like four or five game jams here that have literally 200 entries each. There's just so many game jams. 
Mm. Yeah, there, there's there's some. I mean, even back in the day, uh, uh, I say back in the day. I'm on about like ten years ago. But even back in the day, it seemed ludicrous the amount. But then the indie boom happened, mm-hmm. and then you know it's it's grown from there. I think things like that that recent itch.io bundle that that did super well. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to grow um, the scene. I think things like Game Makers Toolkit Jam, which is absolutely ginormous, um, massive, is, it grows it, and then. Big jams like Game Maker's Toolkit, then then they make like spin-off jams because the game jam community, they're just they're just all like I don't know, people just messing around. So I've also played the Game Breakers Toolkit jam this year, which was, you know, only 30 entries, but it was basically make the worst game design with the worst mechanics and the worst ideas. The opposite of Game Maker's Toolkit. <laughs> but even stuff like that, I imagine, comes up with really interesting and unique ideas. So it's all it's all worthwhile. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Basically, game jams are preservationists' bloody nightmare because I have such mm-hmm. a video game preservation hat on at all times, and these sorts of jams are an absolute nightmare for me because there's probably tens of thousands of games released on sites like this every year, um, just a serious number of, of games made, and there's no way to properly preserve all of that. Mm. Um, and you know, someone like me that has a full time job, and I have to do a lot of other side bits. The amount of time I can obviously put into getting through a lot of these uh, small indie games is negligible. I mean, it's it's nothing. As I say, my two test folder, which is not just me downloading everything, that's me downloading, going through game pages, individually looking at games, looking at what I think will interest me, and downloading them over mm. the course of like ten years. In that folder, I have about fifteen to sixteen thousand games, and. You know, every uh, every week or so, I'll maybe get through 10, <laughs> 20 yeah. that I'll look through. Um, but then I've downloaded 100 that week. So it's just, uh, I will die an old man having never played most of those, which is really sad. Um, I hope not. I hope you get to retire, that in retirement, you know, you'll go through them. Right, don't give up. <laughs> yeah, in, my, in retirement, I'll put aside my PlayStation 8 and my virtual <laughs> reality room that I have in my house and uh, pick up an old laptop. Yeah. Put on some old itch games. Um, yeah, I'll sit by you and I'll be like, these games are garbage. And you'll be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my god, how have we not done that yet, by the way? Just like, we, you, I need um, you round one day and we can You don't invite me over, that's why. That's fucked. I'm a bad person. But <laughs> I, I, I would, I want, that sounds really sick. Like, we can get into food, some drinks, just sit through my test folder and get through it. And you go like, this is shit, Ryan. Get rid of this immediately. Um <laughs> I'll write like up that. a bunch of my favorites. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually sounds really good. Um, but uh, yeah, as as a preservationist, knowing that that that, but one story I always bring up is how um, uh, I think it was an anthropy game. Um, she was tweeting that she was about to go do a talk on, and she was going to bring up her small game dildo tank. Great game, by the way. Do check it out. Um, she was going to talk about dildo tank and realized she doesn't have a copy and it's no longer online. And I was like, I have that. I'll send it to you. And so I emailed it to her. And that was a huge, terrifying revelation for me, which is there are probably a lot of games that I have on my computer that literally do not exist anywhere else anymore. Um, so not as similar, but I remember when I realized I had games that I had played and covered and were on my computer. I delete stuff now. But were on my computer that other people wouldn't be able to play. Um, so I used to do like single let's plays from Tig Source, and I'd covered a couple of games towards the start. And at one point, someone started like commenting on one of them, and the audio was terrible. The gameplay was like not very good. I wasn't very good at YouTube. 
Um, <laughs> arguably still am not great, but, you know, came along. Um, and someone was like, the game, the link's broken. And I went to fix it, and the game just doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. It's just not that. there. There's no way for you to play it. It's gone. Why are you looking at videos from 2012? I don't... But... Yeah, and it was weird. It was a weird experience. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Um, you know, even the games that I have, because I, I, I need to, I used to have a thread where I would share like lots of cool indie games and I need to start a new one or something, um, which I've been recently thinking of doing. But I realized that a lot of the games I'm playing through, just they aren't up online anymore. Mm. And then I have this strange dilemma where I'm not sure of the, of the ethics of me then just uploading it. Because I can't reasonably go and contact every every uh, game developer oh, and say, "Hi, do you mind if I put this up and stuff?" So it's a bit of a weird one on that side for the person because I'd be fully willing to just post them <laughs> somewhere, um, but I can't go and dig through in, in, in each game. So it's a bit of a weird one. Hopefully, one day I can just literally hand it over to someone. And someone can pr- dig through it and preserve it all properly. Um, I don't even know the process yeah. for preserving it. To be completely honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, me neither. Um, I'd probably be going to like the game history guys or something. Uh, and help me. Here's a bunch of games. But then you have the but then you have the problem of how do you value worth? How do you value what's worthwhile? Do you just keep them all? Everything is endeavor to preserve. Well, that's my view as well. Like even literally everything, even even terrible like a game that is just been made in paint and it's just a little picture of Shrek moving along for three seconds and then ends. Yeah, no, it's still worth These it. Are all, everything is worth preserving, all of it, everything. It's mm. all... But that's such a huge task. <laughs> uh, I mean, so I was playing all the game jam games and here we are. Here we bloody are. <laughs> you try your hardest. <laughs> yeah, it's a really it's a really cool endeavour. Um, frankly, impossible <laughs> for one person. It wasn't back then. <laughs> No, not back then. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It has coming possible. Do you want to hear a story that you reminded me of? Go on then. Can I just randomly switch subjects? Is that okay? Do it. Have fun editing. Um, there once was a game developer who reached out and wanted me to cover their game. It wasn't a game jam game. It cost money on itch. The description was really vague. And I started playing it. And basically, it was just some love letter to someone else. Oh. And through playing this game and reading it and stuff, I felt really uncomfortable because it was clearly just a game that was specifically made so that this other person might look up what their ex is doing and might click on this game and might pay a dollar to download it and then might open it up. And it's just like a love letter to them. And I played it and I put it on YouTube and slightly a little bit after the game was completely removed and the guy was like, I want you to keep up your video, but I don't think that they're ever going to see this. So I'm just going to remove it because that's weird having people play it. And yeah, so I don't know. Um, finding out what's worth it. The game itself had not great graphics because that wasn't the point. It was like a, a Unity project that had lots of preloader stuff and gray walls. But you'd walk up to signs and there'd be like, I remember the day that we spent outside at this place. Do you remember it? Do you think of it? I wonder if you do. And just like following this little story. What people make is really, really meaningful to them. And even if Mm. it's just like little things, even if it doesn't look the best, if you dig a bit, a lot of this stuff is really, really meaningful, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There there are, I I, I struggle when I go through my, my enormous folder of games. I struggle because 
am I am I getting because I do delete something like if I play it and I don't like it it's, it's gone usually but then I struggle am I effectively with the knowledge that some of these literally don't exist anywhere else and that less than 10 people have played many of these things and by me deleting it am I just saying that's not often I don't like that therefore it has no value it's a really weird way of thinking yeah um, that's a hard responsibility to put on yourself yeah it's really strange so there's lots of them because although I'm not sure if I'll ever do it I'm sort of trying them and then categorizing them in, in genre folders and stuff with the idea that I will do something with it one day hmm. I don't know why I do that but hey ho but there are some Organize games that it. I will play and frankly yeah Frank, frankly, I'll play some of them and they're not very good or I don't like them or whatever, but I'll keep them because I think they have some sort of value, whether it's a really interesting game again I've not seen before or an interesting art style or it's very personal personal and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's such a strange world. And it's so weird talking about this, knowing that most people listening to this um, have virtually no knowledge of this scene. Diversify the games you're looking at. Spend some time mm. crawling through itch. They have featured game jam categories, and they're normally really good game jams. So spend some time diversifying what you play. That's what you should take away from this podcast. There's so many cool ideas and deeping meaningful games, and a lot of bigger games that you see now come from game jam prototypes and have for a while because studios use in-house prototypes to quickly make a fun mechanic and then see if that mechanic is doable, if that's something worth exploring further. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Even I mean, even big AAA games like Portal um, famously came from mm-hmm. like a, uh, a digital school prototype thing. Um, yeah, that's that's that really is the key takeaway, and it's something I try and say a lot, and I should probably say more often is that I, I will see people sometimes go, oh, "I'm bored. I've got nothing to play," and I'm just like, "How? What is wrong with how? you? What? Are you, how does that happen?" And then the argument comes up, like, "Well, I you know I don't have much money." Absolutely valid. Thing to say obviously but go on itch.io so many free games <laughs> literally tens of thousands of game experiences you would you could play you could start playing now never sleep never eat never leave your desk and be an old person and still have not got through everything of that and game. not spent a dime on it either not spent a damn dime and um, also soft plug you can go to armorgames.com and check out the games there they're for a more hardcore audience but you know they're still good yeah so i mean we may as well divert over to that so obviously you work with armor games um, yeah games so your it. role is so your role you, you're kind of um do you hunt down the games and, and talk to the developers and sign them up for the site cool so what i do is sort of what i do is i look at games that are browser based uh either through people emailing them to me or checking out what's cool on itch i like itch we all like itch And um, then I reach out to developers, or if they've already contacted me, reply to them. And we go over licensing and that sort of thing. We we pay, not play, we pay flat fees for certain licenses, and then I help them onboard their game onto Armor Games, which is pretty straightforward. It's kind of like Itch, except a few more requirements. Like, we require assets, whereas Itch doesn't mind if you upload stuff. Um, And that's it. It's a very simple process. Um, all of the games are handpicked and approved by us for our audience. Yes. Cool. Um, and, oh, I, I, do you know what? I, I guess, full disclosure, I should point out that um, I hadn't thought of this, but I'm at Super Rare Games now. I believe Super Rare Games have published a physical version of uh, an Armour Games game before. So 
I'll just I'll just point that out. Yeah, different department, but same company. So yes, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. That's sort of a, the world that I haven't really touched on that much. Is browser based games? I don't know why. Obviously, I much it's like so a lot easy of to play. Yeah, yeah. I grew up as a, in school, as I'm sure a lot of people did, playing like mini clip games and browser based games and Newgrounds and. I mean, I didn't because my school blocked all of this. But yes. Well. Our school blocked it all, but we found ways around it. Um, you know, I was playing stuff like the Sherwood Dungeon made Marion game. Like, I have a lot of love for that still, even though it's an incredibly basic MMO. Um, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like, but since since getting into the indie scene and stuff, like, browser-based stuff, I don't know why. Maybe it's something about how, which I guess ties into my love of physical games. There's something about feeling like I don't own them because they're browser-based, which is a really toxic way of thinking. I mean, do you um, own the downloads? I guess you do own the downloads because they're downloaded. It's, yeah, it's just, I think, again, it's my preservationist hat. Like, the, the games I've downloaded are on a hard drive and I can keep them and they're there. Um, I don't wild. own them. Yeah, and, and browser-based stuff, like, I just feel, like, if I'm looking through Itch, as I regularly do, I'll look through Itch and, and GameJoel and, uh, like, lots of game blogs, um, uh, like Warp Door and stuff. And I'll look through all those at least once a week and go through all of the newest releases. And if it's, I just skip past browser based stuff, which is so bad. I don't, I, it's such an awful way of thinking. I'm blocking myself off from, from so many experiences because yeah, you are. So many of these kinds of games are like HTML5 based now. Um, but yeah, there's something just about the, uh, if, if, if it, it's a terrible way of thinking. But if, for me, if, if, if there's no permanence to a game, it becomes meaningless to me, and I, that's not the right way of thinking. I don't okay. think that's. Hey Ryan, Bryden, Bryden, broaden your horizons when it comes to the games you play. Yeah, yeah, you. That's what you should I learn mean, from the podcast, Ryan. You must not even play any Bitsy games because Bitsy games aren't even downloadable, really. Yeah, yeah. So do you um, not play Bitsy games? A bit, and same with Pico. Um, like I'll play. Oh, and Tico. What about Tico as well? Yeah, this the thing is, I can't download them. It's 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 such. I mean, I'll occasionally toy with them in the browser, maybe if if they come by, but I, I don't give them much time or thought. And um, yeah, it's just a horrible way of thinking, I guess. It's just how I think. Everything should be preserved, thing. but not stuff that's browser based. Yeah, I mean, I'm really kind of just blocking myself up for off a lot of, a lot of experiences. And realistically, I know that logically, once I've played a game and finished it, whether it's physical or 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 downloadable or not, I'm unlikely. Uh, the chances are I'm unlikely to go replay again anyway in the future. Hmm. Um, but for some reason, it's just games to me are such a, a permanent thing that anything blocking that permanence becomes meaningless to me. Like I don't play online games that much. I don't play MMOs, um, browser-based games. I don't particularly play that often. Um, you know the the concept of games. You know there are very few titles where its whole shtick is that you play the game and if you die, you're out forever, uh, which is a really cool and interesting concept. Uh, no, that concept makes me very sad. Makes you sad. Concept, yeah. I've played Game Jam games where I've been recording and I've, you know, died and the game's ended and I've not been able to replay it. And I've only played it for like less than a minute at this point. And really, let me play what you've created, man. Don't do this. I wanted, I wanted to play more, and now I have to get a new computer or something. This is madness. I just want to. I just want to play the thing that you've made. Um, 
yeah, like I've played, I've played a few indie games that have done that, where it's if you die or, or whatever, that's it. Like it bro- blocks you out of ever playing it again, um, yeah. which is a really interesting novel concept. And you know, there's lots of weird ideas like that, that things that people would never have thought of that indies present. There's, um, I can't remember the name, but there's this whole subgenre of games um, where the idea behind it is that you get real life consequences from these video games. The, you know, it's, it's the concept can be can be explained with things like a shmup, like a shoot a shooter game, where if an enemy fires past you, it will delete a random file on your computer, which is I can't deal with like, that sort of chaos in my life. <laughs> I would hate it, but there are people that are really into it and they like the they like the. I imagine it's a very small community, but they like the very real threat of something actually in their life in their actual personal life going wrong if they fail at the games and there's there's lots of alternatively people with actual computers yeah (laughs) yeah uh, yeah i'm sure a lot of people would just get like a dummy computer or laptop or or, you know a virtual virtual pc or something but um yeah it's just really you you obviously wouldn't find it in a game that you could pay for (laughs) Mm, Um, now we've paid for it and we've uh removed files from your computer uh (laughs) Yeah. Although saying that the the whole um you play this you die and then you can never play again. That there was a game like that that was on Steam and did charge money for it. And I remember that being uh, a real point of contention for people because obviously you could feasibly play for 5 minutes, be killed and then you're locked out and you pay 20 quid for that experience. Um they should have offered a demo first. Get good in the demo. Get good in the demo. Yeah. And it was like an online multiplayer game so it could I mean it's it, I, I don't remember the game title or how it works, but it seems feasible to me that people could literally just camp on spawn points to fuck people over. Um, <laughs> it was a really cool idea. There was a lot of interest and hype and coverage on it, and then I think it fizzled out and went nowhere. Because... Oh, because everyone's locked out now, so... Yeah, everyone's locked out. Yeah, exactly. Everyone um, cared, got locked out, and that's the end of your game's history. There's a lot of games yeah. that, on the other hand, are, like, super long. So there was this, like, game, it was out recently, and you literally have to play the entire game for, like, two years. Oh, my goodness. Have you heard of it? No. Doesn't ring a bell. But let me look for a second. I played it at a game festival, and basically, from the moment you download the game, it's day one. So you don't have to go in on day two or day three or day four, but stuff happens during those days. And you could go back in through the course of two years and check in, and you're this little tiny creature who's, like, buried underground, and you're trying to, like basically watch over this this creature that's in the ground that's um way bigger than you you're just a measly little person and you can explore all of these different tunnels and areas but some are only open like a year into the game so like what do you do how do you play it all how do you review it like it's gonna take two years for anyone to play it it was really intense and it's such an interesting idea but like i don't know how well that's gonna do if it's marketable it was sold on steam i can't believe i'm not remembering the name of the game and i'm just scrolling endlessly through indie games plus because i know it was covered there it was it's it was such a weird game yeah Oh, what was it called? I'm gonna find the name. But how do you feel about games that are just like that? That just like last forever. Um, yeah. Again, like for my personal tastes, um, I like games that are that I can finish, and then in my mind it's done, and I've got an accomplishment, and I can move on from. But saying that, I played things like Animal Crossing. So, um, but Animal Crossing has a, an end game. It has a credit screen. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. I beat the game. Um, I got the I got the to the end screen. So you know that's it. 
You make KK slider. It's done. Turn it off. Right out. Yep. I mean, that's it. You're done. Goodbye. See you. Uh, there was another game jam game where you have to come in and play the game at uh, 12 p.m. Okay. The game doesn't care if you're not logged in until that time. That's interesting. It's wild. The time zones. I, I'm guessing it's your computer clock, so you can totally cheat it because it's a game jam game, and game jam yeah. games don't go through all this testing. <laughs> but you know, I'm just saying. It's all these kind of really cool, unique, and strange meta sort of games that make indie games really cool. Like it's just not yeah. the sort of stuff that many people will experience. You know, an, an even more basic form of that is there are a lot of indie games that will mess with the window that you use. Um, there are, yeah. I think, there are several. There are several uh, indie game games that I've played where they will use the window of the game as a game mechanic. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to like grab the the game window, and move it around um, to sort of screenshot things or, or, or move the camera effectively, and yeah. just you know, in any possible way that you can utilize a game. Um, Indie games do it. It, it. It's just, I know we're kind of just going over the same same sort of message here, but just people need to border their horizons and 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 play. Not just when when people are referring to indie games, they are often talking about sort of modern commercialized indie games, which are great and very creative and wonderful. But um, they're not usually talking about the much smaller indie indie jam scene and stuff. Yeah, mm. which when when I say indie, because I've come from from that in the noise when i think about indie games i'm thinking of very small like f- often free jam sort of games um not minecraft for nintendo switch but um i'm sure it is minecraft for nintendo switch that you're thinking of yes yes that little tiny indie game one man team <laughs> although i remember i remember um that speaking of tig source earlier it was on tig source yeah i remember notch on tig source yep yeah, I was around. Yeah, yeah. I remember playing the early Tig Source demo of Minecraft with my mate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I remember all of these. Because we were hanging out. We just didn't know each other. That's it. Uh, the name of the game that makes you log on at midnight is called World OS, and it's on itch. Okay. The name of the game that you have to... It takes 400 days to run through it. <laughs> Is on Steam and it's called The Longing. Okay. Just shouting out those names. Enjoy. Shout them out. People want to go and. I found them. Well, congrats. But yeah, it's just I could talk endlessly about so many different game examples of, of games that do v- exceptionally unique stuff that you have definitely mm. haven't experienced. And um, you know that's what makes it cool. And that's what's cool about jams is because they're themed. Like it, it, it really kind of people will try and find not not everyone, but. A lot of people try and find very unique uh, sort of interpretations of those basic themes. Um, yeah. And that is often where a lot of bloody cool games come from, like really unique mm-hmm. stuff. And and sadly, I'm, I mean, I've played so many games, uh, small games and game jam games, where I'm thinking, God, if this, if this person had a bloody budget and stretched this out, imagine what it would be like. Like the games industry would be so much more diverse and beautiful and wonderful for it. Uh, it'd um, be so nice. It'd be so nice. Yeah. There's so many amazing um, game jam games that are just so different. Um, if we'd, I would like to mention Andy Man 404 on Twitter. He makes the coolest game jam games that are just so out there. And he's someone who takes the theme. And I don't know how his mind works, but he throws out the most amazing 
games from whatever theme it is it's so far out there and like all of his games are free he doesn't he's not made any commercial released games before like he's not done any these are just amazing experiences because he does game gems to learn so sometimes he only hands in like a title screen a really good title screen because he just didn't have time but other times he makes like amazingly important games he made the cat and the hijab He's made Lord of the Isles, Lullaby for Electronic Toaster. They're just amazing, amazing games. Yeah, there's so much out there. What I also find interesting is um, seeing the people, there, there are a small selection of people who have kind of, quote, made it, unquote, from that, mm. that, that, that those old communities that we're talking about. So, And that's always so strange to see. Um, for example, the Wonder Song developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, crazy to see him find success and uh, Matt Dawson with them um, with Celeste. I remember the old Jumper games and Run Man. Um, that's what I know him for in my head. And yeah, um, Celeste obviously everyone knows what Celeste is now. Yeah, um, so a lot of these people do go on to make big successful games. Obviously, not all of them. Um, yeah, I mean, my small indie friend who um, now who I've always uh, loved loved their games did Pong did a did a did a mainstream Pong game recently, Pong Quest. Um, oh, I heard of Pong Quest. To, to see. Yeah. Um, which just came out of nowhere and I was just like, wah, huh, wah. <laughs> um, so that's good. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's always great to see when these very creative minds um, get to go on to do that. But but more often than not, um, it doesn't happen. And the mm. you know, developers just disappear or, you know, have to go and get normal jobs, I suppose. Um, yes, well-paying jobs. Is the yeah, I mean stable <laughs> jobs. Yeah, it's it's not game related, but um, I'll give him a shout out anyway. Like one of my best friends that I grew up with, Ben Cook, has has always been. Um, he is always an example of what I think of when I think about how there are so many untold stories and so many because he 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 he's a writer, right? So he writes. Um, comics and stuff mm-hmm. and he's he's yet to f- find success with that properly and growing up with him i haven't even spoken to him for a long time so i'm not just tooting his horn here but he has such an exceptionally creative mind like a genius level creative mind and it's upsetting when i when i see people like that with that amount of creative talent and yet they are not successful yet so it just it just reminds me that uh, just imagine how many fantastic creative ideas out there that we will never see or play or read or watch um makes me sad because yeah Mm. there's we we get obviously from from a lot of bigger studios where they're just copying trends and stuff and there's all these actually sensational um creative ideas out there that we just regularly don't see um there's so many games that get so far and then just don't make it that last little bit yeah. yeah yeah that too um seen that happen a lot but it's just for, for, for a lot of indie small indie games um i mean i like quite basic graphics and stuff but for a lot of people that don't obviously that's going to be a barrier for them them being like low uni 3d games or, or, or pixel art games and it's just sad because it's we've seen some small uh, exceptional examples of developers that have gone on to get budgets and have gone on to make absolutely groundbreaking critically acclaimed games and it's just imagine what a lot of these people could do with budgets Basically, I'm saying give them money. Give them some money. money. Find some money, give it to games. Did you find a £10 note in your pocket? 
throw it out the window. <laughs> but, but, but write on it, two indies. That's what happens with a little heart. See what happens. Yeah, write on the money, see what happens. Or, you know, donate through Itch or one of these other sites that do great, amazing things. So, like, Itch, you can pay what you want for a lot of the games on there. Yeah. So they're free, but yes. you can also just pay money. Yeah, I'm doing them a disservice by calling them free. I, I do that a lot. Um, oh, I, well, some games to... put themselves up as actually free, but some people put their games up as pay what you want, in which case you can tip them. And yeah. those people actually get to decide how much goes to itch. So it's not like Steam where they take a cut and you have to deal with it. It's itch where if you want to give us money, it's up to the developer. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping with, um, obviously, itch.io very recently has seen... Um, a huge increase in visibility thanks to its uh, Black Lives Matter bond, mm. um, which is great in so many levels because a obviously fantastic cause mm. it raised like seven million dollars. Oh my god, uh, so much money! <laughs> so much ex- money! Yeah, exceptional, wonderful stuff. I had. I'm still sifting through it now. Um, it's Same. like fifteen hundred games. It's it's exceptional. Um, but on, on uh, putting that wonderful, great cause aside, even just looking at it from the other thing, which is holy shit, what a great amount of visibility for a lot of these developers mm. because there are so many journalists and players who frankly have never heard of itch.io and these and these games um, that are now in the spotlight. Mm. Um, and I'm seeing that as I'm, as I'm going through a lot of these games that I'm downloading in the comments. It's like one comment a year ago, one comment six months ago, 100 comments in the last three minutes. And it's just obviously that they're all getting this huge increase in visibility. Um so hopefully that generosity, because you know it's it's uh, someone else pointed this out to me on Twitter. It's funny how these indie developers, the people who are earning fuck all from their games, mm. um, are giving all of their you know they don't need all of their profits, nothing. They got nothing out of it. They don't need all of their profits for the very small amount that they do make. It's and then so admirable. AAA massive massive publishers are like, we're going to give fifty k to charity. And it's like you just earned that in the time it took you to tweet. Mm. Um, which is, you know, you. I don't. That's not a good mentality, is to diss people who, you know, who are doing something. But, but it's just really it, amazing when people who have not a whole lot give yes. more than what they have and come together to give more than what we have. It's like the time yeah. thing. So I'm a strong believer in time being everyone's most valuable resource, whether you realize it or not. Time is the one thing you have a limited amount of. You have no idea how much time you have. So everything that you give time to, it's such a big. Um, it's such a big value. It's such a big resource that you're giving up. Um, mm. So when people come together to give their time and to give their energy, it's worth. It's just worth more in my eyes than bigger people who have a lot of something giving a lot of something. So a lot of these devs giving everything from their little games that they don't make much off of. It just it adds up quite a bit more. It's quite a bit more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Though obviously everything counts. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, ho- hopefully, uh, although I'm certain they weren't, because from my experience as someone that works in marketing, uh, indie developers are not that in tune with marketing. So oh, no, <laughs> I don't think they did. I don't think they went into that bundle going, oh, this would give some eyes on my games. I, I, I genuinely believe virtual of them did it completely selflessly. Um, but hopefully they do get some visibility out of it. Um, well, I've Which been covering games? a lot of the games on a lot of the ga- a lot of the games in air quotes. There's a lot of games in this bundle. I've been covering some of the ones that I've seen on Big Boss Battle. We've got a list of like the ones to play, and then have been also oh, cool. 
doing smaller reviews of ones that we just find and play anyway that might not be the best but are still cool. And I've been covering some on Indie Game Plus as well. Cool. I'll have to check that out because, um, as I think I've raised multiple times in, in this podcast, my partner is like a non-gamer. Mm. Um, but he saw the bundle, I guess, on Hot UK Deals or something and bought it and is now like, I don't even know where to start with this. Um, yeah. he's, always a good, he's always a good way for me to measure when something has truly hit mainstream because he is not a gamer. He is not a gamer whatsoever. Um, so if he's seen something, I'm like, shit, it's done well. <laughs> um, so That's such he, a good measure. Seen, yeah, so he's seen the itch.o bundle and uh, and bought it. Um, and is now just like, uh, he especially, someone that has no experience with games really doesn't know where to start um so that's good maybe I'll, maybe i'll point him over to to you guys with some of the suggestions you made if i was to give one suggestion of a game that you should play based on me playing a small percentage of the games it's wide ocean big jacket yeah i know that i hadn't heard of it before the bundle because i don't look at games often i don't know i hadn't heard of it before the bundle and it's like a little game where you're children going camping and it's just super wholesome and super funny and well written and the transitions are great and it's just a wholesome family i don't know event it's just great it's a wonderful game it's so cool that it's yeah. in the bundle so i got to see it it's one of those games that i have downloaded and haven't played yet but i i, I remember coming across Play it it's graphic it's reminded me of like uh detective frog like nice yeah nice, Colorful. And the writing, the writing is quite similar to that. That Grace would be uh, like tweeting the creator of Frog Detective. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I would, to, I would have to try it out. Um, yeah, because recently I've been trying, over the last year or two, I've been attempting to actually play more games, which sounds daft to someone that works in them, but um, I historically haven't played that many games um, in the last few years because I've been busy. But over the last few years, I've been trying to get through them, get them finished. Yeah. But I've noticed that the last. Well, this year, it's very AAA heavy, like really AAA heavy, the ones that I've played. Uh, it's like Animal Crossing and Doom Eternal and Final Fantasy VII Remake and just big, 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 big games. Um, so I definitely need to knock out some of that and, and, and play um, and finish uh, yeah. some games with this bundle. Um, so maybe I'll hit up Wide Ocean Big Jacket. It's cool. a good game. It looks good. It looks decent. I'm, I'm into that art style. I just like colorful games, to be honest. I'm a child. If it, if I like adorable color... games. People used yeah, to pick on me in games because I said I liked adorable games, and I stopped using the word adorable because I'm a games journalist, so people edit your work, and I used to describe so many games as adorable, and I used to watch editors just remove the word adorable, and I was like, <laughs> what? why it's just like people don't want to hear how adorable games are like, i love adorable games that's my aesthetic so i'm totally with you though i used to um i used to overuse the word charming mm. which is sort of a meaningless word on its own you can sort of apply it to so much so it's fair enough that people picked up on me for it but yeah i used to just call a lot of like small little indie colorful games mm -hmm. charming and i think i mean the same sort of games you do like the games yeah, you call adorable like frog protective and stuff um it's just happy like it just makes you fucking happy playing those kind of games like mm -hmm. games like um games like frog detective or, or even on a big scale watam played watam recently bloody yeah. loved it but it seems like a lot of people just don't dig it because it's kind of weird and you don't really do very much but it's just i can't possibly play a game like that and not feel some i mean level of happiness i've not played it i'm looking at the images though and the images make me feel happy oh it's so good yeah, that that is not an indie game, but um, 
It's by the guy that made Katamari and Nobi Nobi Boy. Um, I I haven't played a lot of AAA games. This year, I actually have played quite a few AAA games. Ignore that. When I was a kid, I played the Katamari game where you just roll over everything. Mm-hmm. I obsessively played that game. I was so hyped about it, making little planets out of stuff. I was having a great time. <laughs> His games are wonderful. Um, Nobi Nobi Boy was like genuinely one of my favorite games last gen but it's so it's sort of in it's it's not indie but it is kind of indian in its mannerisms because it's so experimental and you don't really quote do anything um (laughs) and uh you know the same could be said about watam you just go around being a toilet or being a poo or being an apple and making friends and that's you know (laughs) there's not really much you do in it but um it's it's great though yeah it's, it's wicked um don't know why I got onto Watam, but his games are always his games are always great. Um, one last thing before we sign off. So you did mention um, before we recorded the Steam Summer Festival, which I'll pretend to have any level of knowledge of, but I actually hello. I'm actually in games, whereas Ryan is not. And there was this thing called the Steam Games Festival Summer Edition. So as you, I'm not sponsored by Steam. First of all, Steam come sponsor me. Um, secondly. <laughs> As you all know, uh, we have this thing called we can't go to gaming events right now because the world is locked down. So companies like Steam have gone, we'll hold everything online. Um, This can't be a very deep discussion because you don't know anything about it. But basically what they did was they picked a bunch of developers and developers could upload their demos to their games on Steam. And then for like seven days, everyone could play these demos Maybe it was 10 days. I don't really know. For a set amount of days, everyone can play these demos and then they take them away. Mm-hmm. But it was really interesting because like, there aren't events like this and this is like a mainstream platform that was giving away all of these demos to primarily indie games, allowing them to be showcased and to be played by people like me who love games. And it was a, it was a pretty interesting experience. I obviously didn't spend as much time as if it was like a physical event. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I was just doing stuff after work, and if it was a physical event, I could do it during work. The downside. But there were a bunch of really, really cool games. I feel like um, you don't, you can't put any input on this, so I'm just correct now. Um, <laughs> they could have done it better because they had, like, thousands of games, but for whatever reason, I could only see, like, 20. Right. They had them categorized by genres. Also, I don't understand what genres anything fits into nowadays. Sorry, everything's it's, a puzzle. It's so difficult for the indie scenes, especially. Yeah, yeah they're, they're too creative for genres. Um, these demos are gone. I don't have them anymore. One of my favorites was Chicory, A Colorful Tale. I'm, I'm googling as you talk. It's from the creators of Wonder Song and Celeste. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. I've seen this game. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. Their demo was on the the sale. It was great. I had a great time playing it. You basically play as this little dog, and you are. Um, given a brush and the brush is what's used to color in the whole world and the original holder of the brush who got to color the whole world has disappeared and she's taken all the color with her and so you get to like derp around and meet people and talk to them and some of them don't like you because they like the other brush person and some of them want you to make their house purple and you can do that or not who knows um and you solve puzzles through painting and it's just wholesome and nice one of my favorite things about it is um they ask you what your favorite food is at the start. Mm-hmm. That's your name in the game. <laughs> I love it. I got so excited name? when someone in my town was called Tacos. I was like, Tacos, we're going to be best friends. Oh, it's me. I'm <laughs> called Tacos. 
very, very happy about that. Um, there were other games, like, have you seen Paper Trua? Paper. P-A-P-E-T-U-R-A. think so. So a bit of background, some guy has made that entire world out of actual paper actually in his house that he's hand-folded and created to make this little paper world, and it's Mm. stunning. It's breathtaking. Does this make any logical sense? No. Am I delighted? Yes. The demo was like literally three minutes long. Was I satisfied? No. Am I hyped for the game? Yes. I don't know what it's about, but look at the graphics. It's all made of handmade paper and lights. It's just amazing. I'm uh, looking at it now. So when you initially brought it up, I was thinking of Derek the Death Fin, which was again another game that was made with sort of origami. Uh, mm-hmm. And it should have done better than it did. Always upset me. Um, but this is this is on another level of that. This looks, um, this looks exceptional. Someone um, messaged me on Facebook. I hate it when people find my actual Facebook and message me on it. I don't use my Facebook at all. But I had a Facebook DM pop up about this game ages ago. And I was so angry. And I was literally like, why did you find my personal face? This is a really cool game. What do you mean it's all made out of paper? What do you mean? And I got sent videos of the guy putting it together. And I was like, this is amazing. So... Go and wishlist it on Steam. It's going to be great. However much they put them, like, however much they charge you for it, just pay it. <laughs> just pay it. It's going to be worth it. It doesn't It doesn't matter. Just pay it. Yeah, this does look gorgeous. Um, I've added it to my wishlist now. Um, you should. That looks very nice. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm actually um, a bit ashamed that, for, I don't know why that, uh, that festival didn't click with me. I, I literally hadn't heard of it before you mentioned it today. It was like an online gaming event, so I don't know. They had, like, talks, and you can meet the developers or whatever, and developers were doing little streams with their games that were featured. It was very cute. Oh. I had a good I time. I'm glad you had a good time. You just de- you deserve it. Thank you. Some developers have kept their demos up beyond the event. I don't know if that's um, cool. suggestible, but I'm happy about it. The Wild at Heart's a really cute game, adorable graphics, full of fantasy and mystery and tiny little glowy plants that you can make do stuff. Um, and that demo is still up, for example. Sweet. Play it. I'll have to do some digging around. I will. I will play the things. I'll play m- many things, at least two. Um, good. Um, Jupiter, I yes. will... I'm going to fuck off, mate. So, see that, yeah? Yeah, but see see you on, let's see, one, two, three weeks. Three weeks we go to the movies. Three weeks. Three weeks we go to, yes, uh, the cinemas are opening back up soon in the UK, so I will actually see you again soon, thank God. Um, Yes. Do you want to to tell people where they can find you online, not Facebook? Uh, not on Facebook. Don't find me on Facebook. I'm not really there. It's just a front. Um, you can find me on Twitter, as Ryan mentioned, at Jupiter underscore Hadley. Uh, if for whatever reason you came to this gaming podcast and listened to games for this long and don't mu- don't care much about games, I have a blog that's not about games at www.jupiterhadley.com that I run with my partner, Dan, and we write about lots of stuff like adventures when we're allowed out and then like food and reviews and other stuff like that. Um, you can find me on the internet. Otherwise, see you around. <laughs> see you there. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Ryan's local cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I love it when we get tagged in the same pictures, you know. I love that. 
I love it when people are like, you know Ryan? And I'm like, yes, rye bread. I know rye bread. And I get the same stuff. with you. They're like, oh, you know Jupiter? I'm like, yes, she's a personal friend. We're not even just like network friends. We're like actual This friends. wasn't even a work meeting. This was just the yeah. movies. Oh, you can also support me on Patreon. I like money, too. I forget that bit. It helps me record Game Jam. What's your Patreon? Uh, I don't know. Jupiter Hadley? Like, that's what everything is. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, what do you mean Jupiter Hadley on Patreon? What do you mean what's my Patreon? I don't know if it had a URL. Just just Google Jupiter Hadley Patreon, will you? Give her at least three dollars. Yeah, give me at least three dollars. I tell you what, buy her a meal deal. That's a get three dollars, <laughs> you can go out and get a lovely Tesco meal deal. Who lovely doesn't want one? Tesco meal deal. I don't eat bread <laughs> or pasta. Well, I don't eat pasta either, but you can you can open it, you can throw the bread out and munch on the lettuce and bacon. <laughs> Lovely, I'm very excited. <laughs> yep, can't wait to get you the meal deals. Um, obviously, lovely having you on. Um, come on again in like a year and tell me about all the new indie games, please. That'd be nice. Thank a you. year? That's so long. Are you not going to talk to me for an entire year, Rye? Nope. <laughs> nah, better things to do, mate. Terrible. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, thank you very much for coming on Um, please go do support Jupiter and also she's wonderful and does wonderful work please go follow her and give her some buns Um, and I will catch everyone next week goodbye bye thank you for having me this podcast is supported by Patreon you can support it at patreon.com slash toadsanime to listen to the next episode before it releases (laughs) 